On the Lollygaggers podcast, we believe Whitney Houston had it wrong in the greatest love of all. It's robots, not children, that are our future. In this episode, Justin celebrates Bette Midler and ponders a giant plot hole in the 2004 remake of The Stepford Wives. Jeff, meanwhile, questions the accuracy of Rotten Tomatoes after his 4% score for The Adventures of Pluto Nash. Welcome to episode number 69 of the Lollygaggers podcast. We promise not to make creepy jokes the whole uh, the whole episode. Uh, but this is a podcast about all sorts of different things, but mainly movies lately. Uh, yeah, I'm one of your hosts, Jeff. I'm another one, Justin. How's it going? Buddy? Justin, I have a question for you. I have a, just, I got I have a question. Uh, so here's the question. The question, uh, do you enjoy punching yourself in the balls? Um, if, if the moment calls for it, um, I think there's a time and a place, Jeffrey, for ball punching. I, so. I feel like the the stuff that uh, the stuff that we watched for this uh, this week's episode, uh, especially uh, you know, uh, especially on my end, uh, was a bit uh, was a bit like ball punching. And I got to tell you, a little ball punchy, yeah, a little ball punchy. I tell you, I'm really I'm having some existential questions uh, about uh, what the hell we're doing. Uh, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> what is this all about? So, Why are we doing this? <laughs> so the uh, the challenge that Justin and I were tackling this week uh, was robots, robots in the two thousands, uh, and I know that we both ended up on movies. Happy again. birthday, Polly! Yeah, we we really got to get back to doing things other than movies. Uh, but uh, we did movies again this week. I know we both did. Uh, Justin, I want, I want to go ahead and start this week. What uh, what were you given for your homework assignment? I was given a two thousand four classic, 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 classic remake. Yeah. Uh, Stepford Wives. That's right. Uh, directed by Frank Oz. And now I didn't know it was directed by Frank Oz. So when I saw that title and I was like, oh, oh yeah. maybe there's some yeah. Skeksis in here or something. I don't know. <laughs> who knows? So uh, Frank Oz is written by Paul Rudnick, who did Adam Family's. Wait, Adam's Paul, Family Rudd? Paul Rudd? Paul Rudd? Paul Rudnick. Oh, so he's totally written different. Adam's Family Values, which I love that movie. It's the second one. He wrote In and Out. Mm-hmm. And he wrote Sister so he had a pretty good. So clearly, clearly, this is going to be you're going to love this movie. It's going to it's going to go well. No everything. Holes, yeah, it's going to be no wonderful. problems. Perfect. Yeah. It's going to be great. So, I can't wait. Also, star set of cast. You got Nicole Kidman. That's who, right. For some reason, I don't really like Nicole Kidman that much. I don't know why. I think that a lot of people don't. Uh, I don't think you're alone in that. I think she, for some reason, has kind of an unlikable quality to her. This is totally unscientific and probably mean, uh, but I like Nicole yeah. Kidman. Well, uh, like. Everyone loves the hours, and I never sure. saw it because I just can't get over her. Yeah, I I, I like Nicole Kidman because she was in Days of Thunder, uh, and sure. there was this yeah, 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 really yeah. amazing moment when they were doing some like stock footage of the stock car driving, and they were like looking at, uh, you know, at his little row and all of his fans and all the people that were part of his team, and she's like, "Go Cole!" and it's just like so so cringy that it was just great, and I just yeah, I just I've followed her career closely since then. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's been up and down here and there, um, mm-hmm. but uh, it also stars uh, Bette Midler. It does Glenn Close, mm-hmm. Christopher Walken, the yes. great Christopher Walken. Yep, uh, and John Lovitz, um, which you can never forget. John Lovitz, uh, so he's in the movie. Although so, you, although most people try really, really hard. I was like, yeah, I, I loved him from the nineties. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite nineties uh, character actors, kind of. So. Uh, it stars Nicole Kidman. She plays a woman named Joanne. Joanne is a CEO of a TV channel that does reality TV. And the twist on her channels is about women empowerment. 
and that like she most of the sto- most of the uh, the shows are based around the idea that women are better than men because the whole like undertone of this movie is empowered women and stuff like that. So which you know kind of be like you know what for the times that we're in this might be a refreshing movie. So I started pretty positive with right. this movie. I was Plus like, the Frank Oz is, stuff. I mean, we're yeah, starting. Frank Oz, yeah. me too. There's so many things in here. You know, the issue I'm right. starting to see is that we're starting so high that there's really only a direction yeah, to go. There's, there's really, there's, there's really only one. can only crash down. Yeah. down. Yeah. So, uh, she is at a, like a convention where she's, they're rolling out the new se- season of series that they're having. And one of the new shows she has is I Can Do Better where basically they send these uh, this couple to an island and they spend time with escorts and they decide whether or not they want to go with the escorts or go with their family, go back to their husband or wife. The husband says he would rather be with his wife. The wife ends up in like a giant orgy with a bunch of porn stars and stuff and uh, some mountain man, Samoan monster. And she says, I can do better. So she kind of ends up ruining this guy's life. So that guy shows up to the convention and tries shooting her on stage. He like shoots the podium and shoots the like the signage up top. And so they bring her in. So like the the company's like president brings her in and says, This is too much. We can't take the press from this and we can't take the lawsuits. So we're gonna have to let you go. So she has a mental breakdown and she can't take it. Like she tries to take it well, but kind of loses her mind. And Matthew Broderick, her husband, who's played he plays a guy named Walter. Uh, he says, well, let's kind of reset everything. Let's go move out to the country. Let's get things started again, work on our marriage. Let's just eat a lot of peaches, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Peaches for it's free. Millions mm-hmm. of peaches. It's true. Peaches for me. So um, they go out to this little countryside area called Stepford. And immediately when they get there, things will seem a little bit out of whack. All the women are perfect tens. Like, there are, you know, there's Faith Hill. There's a couple other women in there that I'm sure are are like supermodels or or like singers they're all just these perfect women but all the guys are like frumpy old dudes and they're weird looking and then so things aren't really making much sense um sure i mean i mean one of the guys is is john lovitz so that should that should sort of yeah yeah, yeah. so that's like that's like your tone setter base your base she meets up with uh so they go to this like it's like a, a i guess a neighborhood picnic and she meets bet midler who is like a fam- famous writer and she's very New Yorky and kind of like the big, the big tone is that like empowered women are bitches. That's kind of like the big tone of this movie, you know, but they're trying to, like, they're not bitches. They're just driven. And you know, they can be misconstrued as that. And it's just a, a, like an idea they have throughout the movie. And he, they also meet this man named Roger, who's part of a gay couple that just moved to the community as well. And he's into politics, but he doesn't like he he's been arguing with his husband lately. They've been going to counseling because his husband's like a Republican and he thinks it kind of like completely like defies their values as who they are. So there's all that going on. So they're pretty cynical and they think that something's really wrong with this area because all these women are perfect. While they're at this like hoedown thing, uh like a music festival. Faith Hill starts freaking out and spinning in circles. And when she spins in circles, she starts like sparking stuff from her head. So there's something wrong with her. They think she right. Just just to just to make it clear to everybody, it's actually the character that Faith Hill plays, and not yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Faith, not actual herself. Faith Hill. Faith Hill's part of very fine. very yeah. easy to possibly confuse those things, but yeah, and not a robot. Okay, uh, so well. which we'll, we get into that. I'll get into that later. So um, they say there's something wrong with them. Then when they go to investigate, they kind of like sneak into her house, 
She's having crazy sex with her husband in the middle of the day. And they don't notice it, but the, but the audience can notice that she has like a remote control that like controls what she does. And it's really strange. It even like alters her body to whatever they want it to be. So they slowly start getting like invasions of the body snatchered up. Um, Rogers, the first attorney, becomes a Senate candidate for Connecticut. And Stepford, he becomes like their, their like prize horse they're going to send out to the Senate to kind of like help turn the way of the world into the Stepford community. That's the next one to turn. Um, she plays a character named Bobby, and um, she turns into like her house was messy and terrible. And they end up going to her house, and it's all clean. She's like the perfect mother, gives all her kids everything they want. And they're these little fat little slobs, and she's basically the exact opposite of what she was. Um, Joe is lord so joanne joanna is lord to the men's club because her children are missing she wants she feels like her husband took them out so she knows that her husband is at the men's club so when she goes there um they all kind of like pounce on her and say like this is what we're doing here women being power we're tired of women being in the front running of everything it's like very reverse uh uh me too where like these guys feel like they're they're crushed by the power of their women and they're, they're tired of being the trophy husbands. They want to be, you know, the ones that are in power and they believe in this community. That's like 1940s, 1930s ish where women are like subservient to men and like, they just wash their feet and do everything that they want. And these men can, you know, tell them everything they want to do. So they kind of like give her an ultimatum and say, you're just going to have to come. You're going to have to go. They bring up this body that looks like her body but it has no eyes. That's when things get released. So at this point, there's a mystery going on. Everything's lining up pretty okay, right? Like the story, there's not really many plot holes. Things are lining up. And at this point, the movie then takes a giant turn to shitsville of why it ended up being really a bad movie. So then the next thing you see, you're in a... A supermarket and all the women are seeing each other saying hello and everything and you see nicole kim come around the corner and she looks like a separate wife and she's perfect and she's got this beautifully long blonde hair and all this stuff and they go to this giant ball at the end of the movie and um they kind of do this waltz and during this waltz matthew broderick uh sneaks away goes downstairs below the men's lodge starts accessing all the computer stuff and starts short-circuiting all the women all right and all the women then start getting their memories back and they become who they are. And they start holding up the men like, what's going on? They're kind of controlling the men. And then uh, it turns out that uh, the Cole Kidman's character never was a step forward. They did a little switcheroo and she kind of just faked them out because Matthew Broderick didn't want to change his wife because he loves his wife for who she is. That's what it all comes down to. And they stop Mike, who's, who's played by Christopher Walken and this whole thing. And when Mike tries to attack Walter, she hits Mike in the back of the head with like a candelabra, like candlestick thing, and his head pops off. It turns out he's a robot. Oh my God, Mike's a robot. It doesn't make any sense. He's the one that's been you know, constraining this whole thing. But it turns out Glenn Close's character is the one that started the whole thing because she believes that women should be women and men should be men and that women need to stop being so powerful and be more subservient. And then at the end of the movie, she kisses his head that's dismembered from his body. She gets shocked and falls down. And, and that's it. And um, Nicole Kidman makes a TV show movie that gets like six Emmys. Bette Miller writes a, a book of poems that's called When He Falls Asleep, Cut It Off. Um, and then Roger actually gets elected to Senate 
but they're back to normal. It's like they haven't the thing. So, and then for their men's penance, they have to then live in Stefford and they're kind of enslaved themselves to do whatever their women want. So here's why this movie's weird. <sighs> Wait, I mean, like you just described like robots and stuff like that. And now sure, no, I can go with that. I can okay. go with that. Okay. All right. So there's something else. I'll, I'll, I'll have okay. a suspension of disbelief. All right. So I think I know where you know, you're going to go we, 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 do our, we do our trivia. And I did some lookups on it because right. I just, something seems so off. Like there's something so wrong about how the story ended up, how the things went on and kind of like the style of the movie. Because it's almost like cartoonish at times, sure. but then it was horror at times. And like it didn't make much sense. The tone was all strange. So I do my little research. I realized. <laughs> let me redo that. Yeah, we did it. Do my little research, I realized that when Frank Oz made this movie, there was extensive recuts and reshoots. Because when they made this movie, it originally was supposed to be a dark comedy, somewhat kind of like Looney Tunes-ish. There was a scene where Bette Midler, when she's cleaning her house, has her mouth turned into like a vacuum and her fingers like, like she turns like a robot pieces and she's almost like a cartoon in the things that she does. But they kind of reshot that because it didn't fit well with target audiences is what they were hoping for. So they were supposed to be robots. But in the story of the movie, they were just people that had microchips in their brain controlling what they were doing. So like when you're watching the end of this movie, these women are able to like break the remotes that were controlling them with ease as if they were like these superhumans. So I'm like, wait, are they robots or are they just being mind controlled? So like there's never really a clear moment of like, have they been changed? Were they body snatched? Are their bodies somewhere still? Or are they just been implanted with something? And then there's that scene where, where that, that body comes up and it looks like Nicole Kidman. So you go to an assumption that, oh, they replaced her with that body. So maybe they removed her brain or whatever and like kind of put her in there. But then if, if that would have happened, why would they not know that, that she didn't do it? Because wouldn't there have to be a body that they would have to dispose of? Yeah, it's a kind of a and, big plot hole. Yeah, there's huge plot holes at the end of the movie, like, and that's where it kind of like doesn't stops making sense. Like at that moment where they kind of like bring her down and like change her, it's like, well, what the hell happened? If did Matthew brought it, was he supposed to do the whole thing by himself? And and I and guess changes? so. That's got to be it. Like you performed the. Uh, I mean, I. Yeah, but then, where's it, the body go? Yeah, because like the the original plot was supposed to be they remove their brains and put them into these robots. Right. Right. But then if that's the case, how could they not know that they didn't remove her brain? Like there's 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 90% of a person left over somewhere. Like why would don't they have to put it at least in the trash or something? Like I don't understand. Like or incinerate it? Like it doesn't make any sense. Garbage and disposal. At the end of the movie, yeah. yeah at the end of the movie, they're like they're like, oh yeah, we're all perfectly fine. But they just like had superhuman strength and their men weren't able to go past them. So are they just like superhuman people now? I just there's it made no sense at the end of I mean, the movie. Like, wasn't there the one woman in the beginning that could do like she was an ATM? Like, right? Yeah. Like and like how do you Yeah. Like how do you come back from being an ATM? Like I feel like yeah. you're not really that's not like a I I was a human who got brainwashed and like maybe conditioned in some way, like mentally conditioned. They made they made me a robot that distributes. Yes, money I have my mouth. Yes, and but apparently you can come back from that. Yeah, I agree. It makes no sense whatsoever. So that's where I was like, what the hell just happened? Because and then like I do research and turns that like there was huge problems on set with the actors and Frank Oz. He wanted like a Looney Tunes esque story with like because like the end of the thing when 
when when uh, Glenn Close kisses uh, uh, what's his name uh, uh, Mike's head, she like straightens out like a cartoon and falls on her face like she's Yosemite Sam. So it has that feeling, but like it's so out of place with the rest of the movie. It doesn't make any sense. It just it's so weird. So just I was so so flabbergasted by the end of it. I'm like. I thought I remember hearing something about this movie being weird in the ending. And then I watched it like, that's what it is. They completely changed it. And it makes no freaking sense. The only other piece of trivia I have is the men's club location is the same as the original film. Like this there was, movie was originally made in like 1952 or 53. And this is a remake of it. It was essentially just invasions of the body snatchers. So they take these women, take their brains out and put them into robots. And it's just like, they, switched up because of target audiences right. it just makes no sense it's kind of interesting so too is, because like nicole kidman like in a strange like little quirk she she was also in the invasion or like i think it was the invasion with uh with daniel craig which was a remake of invasion of the body snatchers and she's also in a remake of a stafford wise she's doing all sorts of remakes and also in a remake of days of thunder yeah that was a, yeah it's just weird so it was good up until about 80% of the movie. And I was like, you know, I can kind of take it. Now, the things that don't age well with it, it really doesn't have really good aging well with like homosexual jokes sure. or, or, or liberal jokes or uh, uh, there's a couple of Jew jokes during Christmas time, the Christmas stuff. That, <laughs> even though I, even though I thought that was actually pretty funny. I thought it was pretty, like, well, that's Miller had a terrible really, person. She had some really good jokes in that whole thing because she thought she was funny. But like, and also from a guy who made like a, it was quite a, a prolific move, prolific movie in and out to like have such a flamboyantly homosexual stereotype as a character for Roger. It was a little silly at times, but like it was just a little bit over the top. Like some of it was like too much. I'm like, oh geez, but it really took a hard turn. It's it was very much like Titan. Like I was there for a certain time. I'm like, what the hell just happened in this movie? It just made no sense. So. Yeah, that's my movie. All right, you ready for quizzes? I guess. All right, so uh, you didn't. I don't think you got anything right, uh, but I I feel like you watched the movie and you seem pretty prepared. So I'm excited. I think I think I think you're gonna do right, okay. Right, I think you're right. gonna do okay. I think I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna go ahead and set the bar really high. I'm gonna say you're gonna go four out of five. That's my that's my guess. Okay, here we go. All right, well there we go. Question number one. Now, as uh, as Walter was giving reasons to Wellington for not turning Joanna into a robot, uh, there was one, uh, there was a reference uh, to a specific uh, a specific reason, and you mentioned like he, you know, like the general idea of like he loves her, blah 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 blah. But what's the actual reason that he references? Like, what does he actually say? It's kind of like a little quippy retort. We're talking about at the end of the movie. It's like, why didn't you change her? Yeah, it's towards the end, I think. Um. I can't remember. Was it because she loves me? Because I know they said something. No, like, no, it was funny. Uh, it was like it was like intended to be funny. It was sort of referencing a particular store. I can't remember. I can't remember. Okay, it's, she's not something from Radio Shack. That's one. Oh yeah, which I thought was funny. Let's well, talk about dating poorly. Dating yeah, exactly. Yeah. Talk about not dating well. Uh, okay, so second question. Uh, you mentioned one of the names of Bette Midler's book towards the end, but this question is about one of her other books. So earlier on, when I, I think it was when she in, uh, I think when she first met uh, the family, uh, like what was the title of her book and what was it about? I can't remember the title. Oh my book. gosh, this is so That's funny. like one of the only things I can't remember. What was it about though? Do you remember? Because um, like the two things combined together is really funny. 
Oh, I, I It's like right on the edge of my brain. And I can't remember right now. It is uh, okay. So oh, the uh, the the book is about her mother, and it's I love you, but please die. Oh yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I thought she was the funniest part of the whole movie. Bette Midler's Bette Midler's a delight. She's a, she's, she's a treasure. She is she's a national treasure. treasure. Yep, yep. Okay, uh, Justin, who wears black? Uh, bitchy liberals from New York. Oh, you're yeah. I'm gonna give you some partial credit for that. I think. Uh, it's high-powered, neurotic, castrating Manhattan career bitches. You did say bitches, so I'm going to go ahead and give you point two five for that. Point two. You know, I think what I said is probably the same thing. It's pretty right. close, but you, I mean, the neurotic, the castrating, the Manhattan—you're missing those things. It's a lot of adjectives. You a lot of things. Remember. There's a lot of things, but you're you're a very smart guy, so you'll be able to answer this question too. Uh, Christopher Walken as a fading blonde, yay or nay? Um, he had very, uh, very like close rings to when he was in, what was it? He was in, um, uh, one line. It was, no, you only live once. Right. That's the one he was in for 007 where he had the same thing. He had, he had mm-hmm. blonde hair in that as well mm-hmm. with the, uh, voodoo face man. I forget like, uh, what that whole one was, but I don't know. I, I prefer him as if anything, uh, peppered brown hair or dirty blonde. Uh, with that blonde hair, he kind of looks way older than he was in that movie. He looks like he's dead inside a little bit. So I'm gonna say no. I'm saying no. Well, I'm sorry. That's actually incorrect. I thought that was I was just teeing oh, you up. I thought God. it was pretty obvious that you were just supposed to say yay to that. Uh, wow. Uh, and then I don't even know if I want to ask I this last Christopher question. Christopher Walken from Blast from the Past. Personally, sure. no. <laughs> okay, Justin. Did you ever know that you're my hero? Did you ever know that you're my hero? There you go, buddy. You got Show it. the wind beneath my wings. That is a, that is a 1.25 out of 5. You know I earned that one, though. I earned <laughs> you, that one. So that's okay. You definitely did. Now, uh, speaking of movies that don't hold up well, uh, also movies that went through extensive rewrites, and also movies that don't make sense and are bad, uh, Justin assigned me the adventures of Pluto Nash. Uh, so the events of uh, oh weird thing. It doesn't hold up as when <laughs> I was uh, like 12 years it's old. It's interesting when thought. you say it doesn't hold up. I don't think it was ever up to begin with. Like it was, it was universally panned. Uh, it, when it, came for a 12 year old. it was great for 12 year old. You, uh, you need to stop giving me movies from when you were 12. Because you gave me like Cabin Boy and stuff. I mean, you, you keep giving me these movies. Cabin Boy is a treasure. That's Did a you give me movie. Surf Ninjas? Did I have Surf Ninjas from you at some no, point? No, but we thought about it. Oh, and, gosh. But I, it has Leslie Nielsen in it. I couldn't really go wrong. That's my question. Okay, well, that. And Rob Schneider. I got to say that the the idea of a cast really doesn't lend itself. Like, if, you, if you're saying, oh, it was great because I had a great cast. Well, let me talk to you about the cast of The Adventures of Pluto Nash, which is directed by Ron yeah. Underwood. Now, Ron Underwood has got got some chops because Ron Underwood directed two fantastic movies, uh, Tremors, uh, the very first one, the good one. Uh, and then, oh uh, my god! And then he also directed City Slickers. Uh, so, like, those are two great movies. How can go, this go wrong? Right. Uh, well, uh, he and I, I, I think he and Eddie Murphy, who is the star, uh, didn't really get along too well. Now. The curious thing is that the script for this movie I was reading was first written in like 84, 85, which makes total sense. Uh, And then it went through some rewrites over the course of like 20 years and eventually was released in 2002. 
there were extensive reshoots after like they brought in like a script doctor and like Eddie Murphy had to like fund a lot of the reshoots and he didn't even like the movie. No one really likes me. Everyone hates the movie. Like even the people that were in it, I uh, hate the movie. It's got like a 4% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got like a, got like a 12 meta score. Uh, I think strangely enough though, Google users like it, like 67% of Google users like it, which should tell you uh, that you shouldn't use Google. Ironic, like, <laughs> it could be. It, could it was be. great. Yeah. So, I mean, the movie itself was, was universally panned. It's kind of a sci-fi movie. It's set uh, in the latter 21st century, around 2080 and around 2087. Like there's, it starts in the very, it starts in like 2080 and then it flash forward 70, seven years. But Eddie Murphy is the main character, Pluto Nash, who gets out, who has recently gotten out of prison because he's an ex-smuggler, he's an ex-con, and he goes to visit uh, on the moon uh, his friend who uh, who is played by Jay Moore, uh, and his friend owns a a nightclub and Jay Moore, like the very first impression we have of this particular movie is Jay Moore in Lederhosen and playing like a, like an accordion. And I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just really not a good start. And, uh, Jay Moore is nearly uh, killed by some, uh, by some mobsters that show up, uh, including, uh, including, uh, Rocky's brother-in-law. And uh, they uh, they decide not to kill Jay Moore or not to pour acid down his throat. I think it was like battery acid uh, because Eddie Murphy's character, Pluto, talks him out of it because I guess him and Rocky's bro- uh, bro- brother-in-law have like a mutual mutual acquaintance back in, in prison. And because of that, like Pluto agrees to like take over the nightclub. And that's the ba- basically it. And that's like the first maybe five to ten minutes of the movie. Then we flash forward seven years. And when you flash forward seven, seven years, this really overly crappy, disgusting nightclub that Jay Moore was running is now the biggest nightclub in, on the moon uh, in a place called Little America. So that's like sort of the name of the, the, the community uh, on the moon itself. So it's it looks better. It's got a wonderful DJ. People dance sort of like that one uh, that one scene in the Matrix, the second Matrix, when everyone was dancing really strangely. Or, Can you dig it? Or if you want, it was sort of like "Can't Be Can't Buy Me Love" from the '80s, uh, where they were just—I don't know what the hell they were doing. They were, people were moving in all sorts of weird ways. It, it definitely—it definitely did not seem at all realistic with the way people dance. But anyway, things, Jeffrey, I call that karate fighting. <laughs> it very much seemed like that. So, uh, so everything's going really well right now. Uh, but two things are about to happen to Pluto Nash. One. Uh, Rosario Dawson's about to come into his, his life, uh, a woman by the name of Dina Lake, who uh, is trying to get back to Earth to Salt Lake City, which is apparently now these days a very rough neighborhood. Uh, and so she doesn't actually have like her passport, whatever. They have a specific name for it, but it's basically like a passport uh, to get back out of town uh, off the moon. And so she's heard through the grapevine from like a mutual friend or something like that, that Pluto might be able to let her work because um, she's a lounge singer. Uh, without having her proper credentials, Pluto, be, you know, is nice and he lets her work. The second thing that happens is that a man named Rex Crater, who we don't know who that is, it's just sort of like the big bad that's off screen. Though we have some suspects along the way, uh, Rex Crater wants to take over uh, Pluto Nash's place. Uh, so Club Pluto, I think, is the name. And they they take you know no they they, they will not take no for an answer. Uh, and so much so that they send Joe Pantoliano. Uh, and some, uh, some other person, uh, to, uh, it's just, yeah, to, to, to like, I don't know, influence or intimidate Pluto Nash who says, no, 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 no. And eventually they, you know, the mob 
uh, run by Rex Crater decides to blow up the club. And then it becomes like this, this series of shenanigans and misadventures as Eddie Murphy's Pluto Nash, Randy Quaid, who's his, uh, who's his like bodyguard Bruno, uh, also the robot that is the requirement for this particular challenge, and Rosario Dawson's Dina Lake kind of go on the run. They go to like the other side of the moon and they try to hide out in this like uh, this little shelter uh, that Eddie Murphy has set up. And uh, eventually they're found uh, by Joe Pantoliano and they're chased away from that. Then they're that looks like they're left for dead in the middle of nowhere on the moon uh, with both uh, Dina and uh, and Pluto running out of air from their oxygen suits and Bruno running out of juice. And so he's just sitting there in the dark somewhere on the moon nowhere near civilization but thankfully Luis Guzman shows up uh in some sort of like like moon landing Winnebago listening to well you know I don't know I guess uh what's the word uh music yeah uh and uh and saves him which is fine I suppose it's super convenient but even more convenient is the fact that Luis is Luis Guzman's character Felix is also like Pluto Nash's biggest fan as a smuggler, because I guess Pluto Nash had like a really, you know, he's a really great smuggler, but he also went to jail. He wasn't really good at it. Uh, and so he goes ahead, Felix, that uh, he saves them and he brings them uh, to, I think it's called, uh, what's it called? Moon Beach. So Moon Beach is like Rex Crater's, uh, like where, where he owns like this big old casino hotel thing. Gambling is kind of like a big thing uh, where there's, like they're trying like Rex Crater wants to bring gambling to the moon, but Pluto Nash doesn't. And again, not really holding up well, considering that gambling is becoming more and more widely accepted uh, in our society in the U.S. Uh, so they go ahead and they try to, you know, they, they, they want to kind of go talk to Rex Crater or Eddie Murphy wants to go like try to, I don't know, try to figure out some way of getting out from under this. Uh, runs into Jay Moore's character again, who's who goes by the name of Tony Francis now. It was like Tony Frankowski before Antonio Anthony Frankowski. It was like some sort of Polish name, and and Eddie Murphy had suggested that he change it to Tony Francis. And now now Jay Moore's character, instead of wearing the leader hose and looking like an idiot, uh, he's kind of like a like a Frank Sinatra uh, singer at a casino, and he's all you know he's all pretty pretty cool. And so he helps. He tries to help Pluto go see Rex Rex Crater, and at all the while. Eddie Murphy's under the impression that Rex Crater is uh, is Alec Baldwin, who, by the way, is is insisted on being uncredited for this film because of how bad it was and how much he did not want to be associated <laughs> with it. Uh, but he is nonetheless he is nonetheless in this movie as a very stereotypical kind of New Yorker mafioso, and it's kind of interesting because it's 2080 and we still have like this concept, which is yeah, hey, hey, they endured, good for them. Uh, but surprise, it's actually not him, but it's in fact Pluto Nash, his clone, because seven or eight years ago when he was in prison, he got his appendix taken out and they went ahead and the Alec Baldwin character wanted to set up a, a patsy, someone he can, you know, a puppet that he can control. So he cloned Pluto Nash, but then Pluto Nash's clone decided to turn on Alec Baldwin and killed Alec Baldwin and kind of took over the whole thing. And then there's the classic fight scene between the two people who look exactly the same. There's this really horrible continuity error where one of them has like a black tie and one of them has a red tie, but then that has to change because we got to get to that whole cliche stereotypical, no, shoot him, no, shoot him. And everyone's like, I don't know which one's which. And then obviously they shoot the bad guy and then Pluto Nash, um, you know, he wins out. Uh, and so happily ever after, uh, they have the club again, uh, even though the last one blew up, they have the new one. Now it's rebuilt club Pluto. 
and Dina is uh, is singing there, and so everyone, and it looks like they have kind of like a romantic thing going on as they, which have. is creepy because he's like the age of her father. Yeah, but you know, it's Eddie Murphy, and it's okay. And and he kissed her that one time in a fake way, and it just seemed to really win her over. It was so cringy. Uh, and then uh, Bruno even is promoted from being a bodyguard to being a manager, and he's super excited about it. And so that's that's Pluto Nash. Now I have a couple thoughts about this movie. Uh, on the one hand. Looking at the Rotten Tomatoes score, I honestly expected a far worse movie than I got. Uh, so the bar, inverse to you, was set incredibly low. Uh, I was thinking that this was going to be the worst thing ever, and it wasn't, but it's definitely top 10. Uh, so it actually... Oh, top 10 best things ever? Top 10, top, top 10 worst things ever. Uh, okay. No, I've seen far worse movies, don't get me wrong. And of the things that you've assigned to me, this this doesn't this doesn't even get close Man, to the sniffer. This is no sniffer. It gets no, 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 it's like the worst thing ever. So it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be because I, I hadn't seen it when it came out. But I've heard about it and I knew it was, it was terrible. But I'm a huge Eddie Murphy fan. I didn't like him in this, uh, even though he says apparently that this is like the closest character to who he is in real life. W- whatever. Uh, re- <laughs> that's what he said. What? That's, that's what he said to like Barbara Walters or something. Uh, and then like, like Randy Quaid, <laughs> his Android robot is like the creepiest. I mean, Randy Quaid on his own is really, really creepy. Uh, I've heard that Randy Quaid can eat an apple in one bite, which that is a frightening concept. Uh, but in oh this, God. yes, I know. Uh, cause his brother mentioned that on a radio show I was listening to one time. Uh, but Randy Quaid in this is like, he's, I don't know, like he's bald, which is, you know, creepy. Uh, he, he, he makes these weird, like electronic sounds sometimes when he talks and he's got big old fake veneers in or whatever. Yeah. It's just really creepy. And I don't know. At one point it was really funny because when he was at, when they were at the moon, the moon beach casino, he was being followed by a slot machine that was trying to like seduce him into like using the slots, which is kind of funny. There are a couple of funny chuckle worthy moments. There are also tons of cringy moments like, oh, my goodness. Like, it's just, oh, God, it was awful. But um, but overall, I did not like it. I do not recommend it. You do not have to see it. You should not go see it. It's not even so bad. It's good. You know how there's movies like that, that movies that are so bad that we enjoy watching them just for the sheer hilarity and the fun and the irony of watching a bad movie. Like, you know, like a mystery science theater th- you know, thing where you're watching it and making fun of it as you go, or you have inside jokes with friends. This isn't that there's just, there's really nothing redeeming about this. There's a great cast. There are some great actors in this. There's some great comedic actors in this, you know, Eddie Murphy, obviously Randy Quay, Luis Guzman, Jay Moore. These are all very funny people. And you have some really good actors. You got Ros- Rosario Dawson's a very good a- actress and everything. You got Peter Boyle, uh, rest in peace. Uh, like you got, you got great stuff. You got a wonderful little Pam Greer moment where she plays Eddie Murphy's, uh, Eddie Murphy's mom. But like overall, it just wasn't good. It just wasn't really funny. It wasn't like the adventure parts of it weren't particularly adventurous. Like it felt like a really poor take or iteration or trying to mimic the success of something like a Fifth Element or like a Total Recall. Like. Reading that this this was originally conceived in the 1980s makes perfect sense because it has that kind of zaniness to it. And normally I like bonkers, zany storylines. I mean, I assigned you Ice Pirates, and I still love Ice Pirates, but it's it's a bad but good movie at the same time. I even like Kroll. Kroll is one of those so bad I enjoy it type movies. This, I just can't even get that from it. So I definitely don't recommend it. I don't think it's any good. It's definitely nowhere near the best movies that you can see if you want to see a funny Eddie Murphy or a funny Randy Quaid. So... So, Justin, what did you think of it? 
there are parts of it that are funny and name like two. Part, well, one part I thought was actually pretty funny and it, it fell kind of weirdly flat was when they go to uh, Pluto's place and they blow it up and they put that like giant warhead in that like a uh, bazooka <laughs> yeah, and the idiot it. just turns around and it drops out face down. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah. That, that's funny slapstick. Yeah. But like overall, like, it's it's just weird and it really screams early 2000s with like fashion and stuff like that because there was a really weird time where like metallic looking clothes were big in the early 2000s and just and just screams that garbage it's just so strange. i have no idea what you're talking about with that by the way but i'll i'll take your word for it but yeah i mean it's pluto nash yeah. i mean i went i knew what i was gonna get into so, yeah all right that's so, I mean, I, th- I still think I'd probably rather have watched this for the first time than watch Red Planet, which was your other option for the second time. So, um, thinking back to that movie, I don't You're welcome. I don't, you're welcome. I, don't, I don't think this is a you're welcome moment. Uh, you're welcome, Debbie. So, are you ready for your questions? Sure, go for it. So, are you happy, are you as happy as me, knowing that in the future, karate dancing is a thing? <laughs> yes, absolutely, because it's the type of dancing that you and I can do. Right, like the yeah, rigid lack of rhythmic type of movement. Wonderful. Ninja rap. Who would have thought that that style dancing ninja be... ninja rap? Ah, oh, God, Secret yeah. of the Ooze, so good. Talk about bing, a movie so bad, bing, it's bing, fun. Bing. Yeah. Okay, so that's the first question. Next <laughs> okay. question: What did they need for their body alteration that they were missing in order to get that body alteration? Uh, they needed they needed like a like a police ID or something. I can't remember. They got a phrase for it, but it was like a police identification papers uh, was one of the things they needed. Um, that's what I'll they needed and they didn't you. have. Yeah. Their police permits because there it could go. have been just people trying to change their appearance. For there you them. go. Yeah. So that. All right. Where does Felix place the jumper cables on Bruno when he has to restart him? Hmm. The guy who like picks them up in, their Winnebago, in his Winnebago? Was it his, I'm going to guess his nipples? I don't know. I don't remember. It was his ear and his dick. All the two spots that the jumper cable spots were. <laughs> okay, I so. totally, I, I, I must have glazed when I was, <laughs> that's kind of yeah, funny. Yeah, so, so. All right, next question. Why are Bruno and Babette not compatible? Uh, they're different models. He's like a 110 volt and she's like a 220. I don't remember those numbers exactly right, but that's, that's the principle. Yes, they're different voltages, so it can never work out, Jeffrey. It's just so sad. It's true. And Babette was just this robot who who dropped stuff so she can yeah so and she wore like a French maid outfit and stuff like that yeah yeah oops yeah that's that's a little cringy but yeah last question who the hell is this movie for I have no clue there's no way this is for kids there's no way this is for adults I have no idea who this is for they say shit and stuff like that and there's super overly sexual things and it's like. But then, like the art styles for like children. Yeah, I I it's have no idea. It makes no so sense whatsoever. Uh, it was rated PG thirteen, so yeah, I guess teenage boys for a thirteen year old boy. I guess I guess I was. I guess, I guess thirteen to, to fifteen year old boys, which is kind that of how old you were. Maybe slightly overweight. <laughs> haven't made the football yet. Haven't really built into their body the way they're supposed sure, to. Sure, sure. Probably yeah. probably that person. Very precise right, so. demographic. Looking at it, let's look at one, two, 
three, four. You got four out of five there. So okay. we're, you know, we're, we're, we're at par basically. I so, really uh, thought you were going to do well on the quiz. I actually wasn't kidding. When you got the Christopher Walken question wrong, I'm like, what, what are you doing? Like, of course <laughs> you think, <laughs> what are you doing? It was a, it's a softball. I was given to you. I, I didn't know what you were doing. I'm like, here, you just, 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 just jam it in the hole, man. All right. All right. So, uh, next quizzes we've, uh, we've already queued up the role. And interestingly enough, uh, we uh, we got robots again, and we had a couple other options as well. We had things like it's something like historical epics and stuff too. But we decided we're gonna go for robots again, except this time we're going to yesteryear, yesteryear if it's the 1970s, and we're gonna take a look at how robots were presented in various movies uh, in the 1970s. I'm looking forward to kind of comparing. <laughs> ideas. I already have. I already have right off the bat two options uh, that I'm seriously considering giving you, uh, and for different reasons. But uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. All right, so that's the end uh, of, of episode 69. If you like what you're listening, you can catch us up on Twitter. I'm at Lollygagger Co. Uh, Justin <laughs> is at. God dang it! Justin's at Buys Justin. Uh, so come say hi, uh, say hello, give us some ideas for challenges. Maybe every now and then uh, we wouldn't mind uh, getting some some ideas, especially if they're non movies. I think we, we both probably want to start start getting. Can we call our episodes from now on sixty nine plus whatever? <laughs> episode sixty nine plus one episode. Yeah. Can you ever- <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think Pluto Nash is still for you, uh, to be honest. Maybe. Look, it is, yeah. All right, so then, Justin, uh, to end the episode, I have, a, I, have a, I have a question for you, and I'm worried that you're not going to get it right, because I asked you a question a couple weeks ago when we were doing the Sean Connery thing, and you didn't really pick up on it, so here we go, here we go. Justin, can you tell me about this watch? My dad, he, he gave me this watch, and... He was in the war and had to hide it from the Viet Cong, so he put the watch up his ass. Is that good? Is that okay? That's Walking good, except right it wasn't Christopher Walken's dad. Uh, Christopher Walken was, was the friend of Bruce Willis's dad. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. You, but you got it. You got it. All right. It's we're out of here. Let's, let's get the hell out of here. I did the voice. I did the voice. You did the voice. That's all I was looking for. Up his ass. Oh, it's okay. Okay. John Travolta up his ass. Shut the f*** up. <laughs>